I'm ready to take the next step. I'm ready for a university that will help me advance in my education and career. A university that will make me feel supported and connected. I'm ready for ODU Online. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Sacktown Royalty Show. Joining me on the podcast this week, Rob Scott from EuroLeague Adventures. Rob, you were just at the EuroLeague Finals uh, over the last weekend. How are you doing today, and how was it? Yeah, man, I'm just about recovered. Um, quite a lot of 2.30, 3 a.m. podcasting. Um, and they, they, they like to run things a little bit later in Europe. Um, so, yeah, man, it was, a, it was an incredible time. Um, obviously, I guess uh, we're going to talk about Luka Doncic. Um, he he won the MVP of the Final Four to go with his his Euroleague regular season MVP. So yeah, it was awesome. That was the first time I'd seen him in person. Um, so yeah, it was a uh, it was it was a, a grand old time. I'll tell you that. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to talk to you about it because you you obviously have much more uh, information on Luka Doncic than any of us here in uh, in Sacramento do. Even though I'm not, I'm not technically in Sacramento, but <laughs> you're kind of the guy, and I was excited to have you on the podcast. Before we get started, though, I did want to give you an opportunity to kind of tell everyone what you're up to with your league adventures and your podcast and your Patreon and all that stuff. Yeah, so um, yeah, we run the Euroleague Adventures podcast. Well, we have we have a whole website, but we've kind of we've pivoted to audio this season quite a bit. Um, we've kind of really contra- um, concentrated on the podcast, so I do that. Um, a podcast, uh, as you might have been able to guess, um, about Euroleague basketball. Um, we touch on other you know, elements of the European game, but we mainly follow Euroleague, which is the, really the, the premier competition in Europe, 16 teams, um, now in the second season of, of a 30-game regular season, playoffs, Final Four. So, um, yeah, that's, that's myself and Austin Green and George Rowland. Got to give a shout-out to my colleagues. Um, Austin and I were, were just in, in Belgrade for the Final Four, um, like you said. And yeah, we're, we're, we're an English language EuroLeague podcast. Um, and yeah, I, if, if you're at all interested in, in the guys over there in EuroLeague, um, obviously there's been quite a lot of guys who come over like, uh, you know, Rubio Saric in the last few years. And obviously guys like Doncic. And, and also, we, you know, we talk a little bit, um, we, we, we always come across, uh, you know, guys who've maybe fallen out of the NBA, guys like Anthony Randolph, who, uh, who just uh, won the EuroLeague with Real Madrid. And like all of your favorite college players from like these, these maybe like mid-majors, these guys that never quite made it, they always kind of pop up in EuroLeague. So uh, even for the NBA fan, I think there's a lot to get your head around. I watched the, the last four games illegally, but you know, that's all you can get over here. Uh, but yeah, it was sure. fun watching like Brad Wanamaker and like yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Jason exactly. Thompson was a king for like six years. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Jason Thompson, like that guy. I, I was a big Jason Thompson fan at one point. Um, but it doesn't seem like he's doing a whole lot over there right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we were kind of joking, Austin and I, uh, after the semifinal, um, in which he kind of, I don't have the stats to hand, but he, he had like four fouls in about five, five or six minutes. <laughs> that sounds like uh, Jason Thompson. He has not changed a bit. <laughs> yeah, so he, he had a bit of a, a little, well, he, he had a little bit of a, of a tough act to follow. He um, stepped into the shoes of Ekpe Udo, um, who was a, a huge player for, for Fenerbahce, the squad he's on uh, in Istanbul. Um, and yeah, he he's kind of struggled with foul trouble. Kind of struggled, I think, to adjust um, to, to to playing uh, in the European game. Um, for background, there, their coach Zelko Abradovic is is just like, I guess, a combination of like of Pop and like Tom Thibodeau, just like this 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 legendary, um, the winningest uh, Euroleague coach um, in history. Uh, very intense Serbian coach, and I think 
I think he was constantly angry at Thompson um, all season. Austin and I, like I was saying, were joking about whether they were going to let him sleep in the team hotel um, <laughs> overnight. Um, a little bit harsh, maybe, but yeah, he, he's been he's been a little bit up and down. But yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, actually a really good example of the fact that just because you've had that NBA experience, uh, man, it, it, the old league is a really, really high level, and it's not automatic that these guys just kind of step in and, and are immediately amongst the elite players in the league. As someone who has actually watched Luka Doncic play throughout his EuroLeague career, uh, you kind of have a, a good perspective on this, but can you kind of inform maybe Sacramento Kings fans who aren't totally familiar with his game, uh, what Luka Doncic is all about and why there's so much hype around him heading into the draft? Yeah, I mean, the hype's been budding, as you say, for a couple of years now. And I mean, the words, the words I would, the way I would use to describe him, the word I would use to describe him, he's, he's a playmaker, man. Like, he's an incredible playmaker um he's played the point guard position for real madrid this season i think a little bit more than he might have done because his um his teammate sergio yule who um the the rockets own draft rights to and daryl Morey has been on record to say that they've done everything they can to bring him over he um he just loves playing in madrid um he was he injured his acl in august playing for the spanish national team so he sat out this season so lucas played pretty been pretty much the primary uh point guard for Real Madrid. He's he's listed, I think the latest listing is about 6'8". I think he may be like pushing 6'9". He's grown a lot over the past couple of years. Um, and he's he's a playmaker. Everything runs through him for this Real Madrid team. Um, he's incredibly good in transition. He's got insane vision. You know, he can make these like tough passes just seem routine. He's got that vision to kind of see down the court. Um, and and he's, he's just so versatile, man. He's got kind of like a complete offensive game. He's, he's a good, he's developed his post-up game. Um, but I think everything everything revolves around his just incredible vision and, and his feel for the game. Um, and everything kind of comes out of that. That kind of player he is really, to me anyways, translates really well into the NBA when you look at some of the successful teams right now. Kind of taking Cleveland out of the equation because they have LeBron and James. They kind of have a different thing going on. But between you know the Warriors, the Rockets, and the Celtics, the, the three of the last four teams left, you're seeing a lot of teams that are putting a premium on guys like Doncic who can do everything offensively. They can pass, they can dribble, they can shoot. They're competent all over the floor. And, and Doncic's versatility, like he has really good size for a player with that skill set. And that kind of is uh, where the NBA, I was going to say where the NBA is going, but it's kind of where the NBA already is. I mean, that's the successful teams are playing and putting a premium on, on acquiring guys with that sort of skill set, which is why I found it interesting. And I'm going to list off his accomplishments here because it seems like the closer we get to the draft, the more people are, are sort of starting to nitpick in what he, he might not be able to do. So real quick, I wrote it down. Just as all within the last year, we got uh, EuroLeague regular season MVP, all EuroLeague first team, EuroLeague rising star trophy, EuroLeague final four MVP, EuroLeague title, all ACB first team, ACB regular season MVP, all ACB young players team, ACB best young player. I mean, this is the most accomplished uh, EuroLeague prospect to enter an NBA draft maybe ever. And, and despite all that, the narrative out here um, seems to be that this was sort of a down year for Doncic, or at the very least, like, we're starting to question whether he can, his game will translate. Maybe it's that athleticism. People are kind of saying that he's a little too heavy for his position right now. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, do you think those criticisms are fair, or do you just sort of disagree with that uh, argument entirely? Um. I think I think it's a little bit unfair that, like, like I said just before we came on, that the college guys um, have basically stopped playing in March, and Luca's still playing, and he's played an insane number of games over the past couple of years. Um, so I think that by definition, you know, you, you watch a guy for so long, and the hype has been building for so long, and the hype is is entirely justified in my opinion. But 
you know, the, the longer that narrative persists and, and, you know, you know, we're kind of all about, you know, the new narrative, you know, the, 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 the new cycle and the attention span, you know, kind of like changes. There's, there's, there's the hype train. Then there's the, you know, the, what, what's the word, the, um, you know, the, the counterpoint. And then I think people are just like kind of a little bit nitpicking yet. There is something of an element of truth, definitely in the fact that he had a much better first half of the season than the second half of the mm -hmm. season. Um, I wrote a piece on, on EuroLeague Adventures um, that basically sort of addressed that. And I think it's important to see that in the context of, like, he had to do everything for this Madrid team. And, you know, Madrid kind of finished fifth in the EuroLeague regular season, struggled with injuries all season. Um, I mentioned Sergio Yule. They had Gustavo Ayon injured, another, there you go, another kind of uh, NBA hipster name. Sure. Yep. Um, he was injured, Randolph was injured, um, Campazzo was injured. So, like, Luca was basically the constant in this team, and he, he put the team on his back. Um, he did kind of uh, struggle a little bit um, with his game in the second half of the season. Um, I, think, I think suffering from fatigue. Um, he, he did get a little bit dribble happy. He got a little bit, like, like fell in love a little bit too much with his step back three, which I think hit his efficiency numbers and definitely his three-point shooting numbers uh, declined. Um, and I was actually just doing some, some prep for this, for this podcast after having taken a couple of days off after the final four. And I went back and watched those, uh, those Eurobasket highlights from the summer. And he has definitely gained weight. Mm -hmm. um, now, I don't think that's, I don't think that's anything that couldn't be fixed um, by an NBA weight program, by a conditioning program. You know, he already worked out at P3 Sports um, a couple of summers ago to improve his to improve his athleticism, to improve his conditioning. Um, I think I, I saw something on Twitter from his Instagram that he's, he's, he's in the weight room right now, um, you know, preparing for the, for the ACB playoffs. So I don't think that's, that's too much of a red flag. But it's, it is true to say that Doncic um, kind of, despite all that personal success, um, he, he, he's, he's been a little bit up and down in the second half of the season, but, um, you know, I think it's just like, you see so much, you hear so much. And I think guys are starting to nitpick, um, you know, his feel for the game hasn't declined. His toughness hasn't declined. Um, you know, he's still doing, he's still capable of doing all the things he did, you know, with Slovenia in the summer, last season with Real Madrid in the first half of the season with Real Madrid. And, you know, he's, he's just come through the early final four, which for the uninitiated, exactly like the NCAA final four, two games in three days. Uh, uh, just a level of physical intensity that, that in my opinion, you know, matches an NBA playoff game. Um, you could take Doncic um, he, with his toughness and his feel for the game and, and, his, and, and his experience at such a young age. You could put him in an NBA playoff game um, and he could play right now. So, so I think that there isn't – I can see why some of these conversations are starting, but I think that's an, an incredible amount of recency bias. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't take away from, from the body of work so far. Now, I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit because I don't know if anyone has this answer completely, but another sort of narrative we're dealing with is the idea that Doncic can essentially kind of pick his spot in the draft because he has leverage that some of these college athletes don't have. The argument is that he can re-sign with Real Madrid. We, saw, we see plenty of EuroLeague players do this where they'll get drafted, they'll stay overseas for a year like Ricky Rubio did it when he got drafted by the Timberwolves. Do you think, number one, I guess, that Luka is going to come over this year and play in the NBA regardless of who drafts him? And uh, again, kind of a tough question. Does he seem like the kind of guy that would sort of pick his spots? I know his agent, Bill Duffy, is kind of a, a tough agent. But um, do you have any sense on where Luka is leaning there? Um, yeah, I heard all that stuff. Um, and, and again, I can, I can see that it's plausible. Um, it's certainly the withholding of information because... You know, he's not going to be at any of these pre-draft events. The, he's, he's now in the ACB playoffs. That goes to June 23rd if it goes to five games in the final. 
Um, so he's going to be busy. You know, he's he's going to be able to choose who he sends his medical information to. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, we saw it with Porzingis. You know, they didn't want to give the medical info uh, to the Sixers, for example. They didn't want to work out for the Sixers. Did that change the draft pick? Who knows? Um, but it's, I would be I would be amazed if he if he's not in the NBA next season. Um, I mean, you, you listed off his, his his list of accomplishments. What else does he have to accomplish in, right. in Europe? Right. Um, you know, it would it would seem like. If he doesn't do all of that stuff again, if he doesn't win the EuroLeague title again, if he doesn't win the ACB title again, I just think that would be treading water. Um, and and I think his his answers, you know, he you know he, he answered every question with a really straight face in in the press stuff around the final four before the games, after the games. You know, I have to wait. Uh, I'll announce my decision. You know, in, in a little while. I'm not talking about the NBA. You have to see that in the context. Like he's he's been with Real Madrid since he was 13 years old. He's not going to sell out his his current team. You know, to kind of in, in the midst of their biggest game of the season, their biggest couple of games to, to talk about his own NBA thing. I think you have to see that in that context. Um, and yeah, I would be I would be astounded if he um, if, if he's back in Europe next season, as, as, as brilliant as that would be uh, for us in Europe. Right. Um, I, I, I think there's, you know, anyone over here saying that unless they have some information that's not got out yet. I think that's a little bit of wish fulfillment, even though. Um, my friends and I have kind of had a running joke that the Magic are going to pick him, and he's just going to like never come over, uh, be from Vasquez Part Two. Right. Uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't really see that happening. As long as he doesn't do that with uh, with Sacramento, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, if he can stiff Orlando. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I would be amazed. I would be absolutely amazed. Switching gears a little bit. So the Suns recently hired uh, the first NBA head coach ever that was born and raised outside of the United States in Igor. I might butcher this name, but uh, Kokoskov, is that right? Um, yeah, I, I'd go with that, yeah. Okay. He coached Luka Doncic on the Slovenian national team, and there's an obvious connection there. The Phoenix Suns hold the number one pick in, in the draft next month. So I wanted to ask you if the relationship between Igor and Doncic is something that we should consider, or, I mean, national team coaches aren't with the player as much as like a regular season coach is. Um, and if Doncic would, I, again, a speculative question, but do you think he would, you know, not force his way to Phoenix, but prefer to go to a place where he's comfortable and knows the head coach? Does that connection mean a whole lot to you or no? I mean, it would obviously make sense if, if, as you say, Bill Duffy can, I'm sure he'll be lobbying hard to go number one anyway, you know, regardless right, of the yeah. fact. I think it kind of, it kind of helps there that Phoenix has the first overall pick, but I mean, sure. Like he, he was. I think Luca was his his best self with the Slovenian national team um, last summer. He played alongside Goran Dragic, who you'll obviously all know. And to me, that's that's his best position. I think he's he's best in a in a multiple playmaker offense. Certainly alongside you know like a pure point guard, um, where Luca can can kind of take some time off the ball, can can catch the ball on the move, can kind of can can get his offense going that way and contribute to a you know to a team offense rather than like what he kind of had with Madrid a little bit. Um, when he was a little bit fatigued in the second half, which was basically him just like dribbling at the top of the key and four guys standing around. So from a basketball perspective, you know, with with Booker there, I guess, um, you know, not not really quite the same player as Dragic, but at least a point guard in place. Um, that that kind of makes sense. Although, you know, we were talking about this a lot, you know, in the in the kind of Euro um, kind of media collective in Belgrade, and it it would be kind of a short sighted hire, I think. I mean, would you would you hire the coach before they had, before they knew they had the pick? Um, just for one player, I'm I'm not sure about that, but um, certainly if if Phoenix gets him, then I think that gives him um, you know one of the best chances to succeed with with a coach who knows him so well and, and is, that he that he had so much success with. 
uh, people around here have been downplaying how much of a factor his hiring in Phoenix was to uh, to drafting Luka Doncic. So I think you're right. I just wanted to see if you had maybe a different perspective. But it sounds like everyone's kind of on the same page there where it would be pretty foolish for a team uh, like the Suns to hire a coach based on a player that they didn't wouldn't even know if they had the opportunity to draft him before the lottery. Uh, before the lottery. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this guy was, you know, he was an assistant in Utah. Um, you know, he's he's kind of, you know, I think well, maybe a little bit of a surprise given that, you know, the difficulty in, in European born coaches um, getting those head coaching positions. But yeah, I mean, I think I think when you look at the, the lifespan of an NBA coach um, versus, you know, a kind of foundational, um, you know, part of your team building, which is a number one draft pick or a high draft pick. Um, it, it, it does seem a little bit like a coincidence, but then, I mean, I'm, I'll make no comment about uh, about Sacramento, but we all know Phoenix hasn't been the greatest run NBA franchise of yeah. the past few years. So, you know, uh, Robert Sava was in Belgrade, uh, sitting courtside. So, I mean, he's an owner that I know um, has kind of had a pretty a pretty big involvement in his team's picks, for better or worse. So, man, if, if he likes what he's what he's seen, that that could go a long way. But you know. I guess the other, the it's just as much of a link that DeAndre Ayton went to went to Arizona. I guess so. You know, there, there's kind of coincidences all over all over the place. Yeah, that makes this draft in particular pretty fascinating to see how it plays out because there are just connections everywhere. Like you were saying, Robert Sarver, he was in attendance to watch Doncic play. He also went to Arizona, same college yeah. that Ayton went yeah. to. So it's like, where, where's he? If he's going to play favorites, which way is that going to go? I guess I guess we'll find out. But on a similar note, I wanted to ask you about Vlade Divac and Pedro Stojakovic, and I guess to a lesser extent. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, because Sacramento has been very kind, I would say, to international basketball talent over the years. And Kings fans kind of assume, and maybe this is a, a wrongful assumption, that Divac has some kind of pull in Europe or that Euroleague players might find comfort in playing for an organization with uh, this kind of rich history with international player success and how with a guy like Divac leading the charge. Does any of that strike you as something that would appeal to Doncic? You know, having Vlade and Peja on staff with uh, Bogdanovich, a player he knows from EuroLeague already on the roster. I know we talked about his comfort with Igor, but do you think Vlade, Peja, and Bogdanovich have any impact here on maybe making Doncic comfortable and coming to Sacramento next season? Yeah, I mean, it would seem really um, implausible that they wouldn't, right? You know, like these, I mean, these guys are still legends in Europe. Like, Vlade Divac is a legend in European basketball, so is Peja. Um, and yeah, the fact that Bogdanovich has gone over there and, and had, you know, I think, you know, you can talk more about, than me about this, but I, from, from my perspective, you know, pretty successful rookie season. Yeah, um, sure. yeah I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it must help. Um, you know, Bogdan was, was, also, uh, was also in Belgrade. Obviously, you know, there's the, 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 the link there of his former teammates, the team he came from, Fenerbahce, were, were playing. And, and you know, he, that, that, that lineup was um, relatively unchanged from when he was there. So he has a lot of his buddies there. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it has to help, and and certainly from a, I mean, it's it's difficult to get a to get a sense of what Luca thinks because access to him has been kind of tightly regulated, and he's is kind of still a little bit of an enigma, mm-hmm. um, even amongst you know the the more connected uh, U- European basketball media. But yeah, I mean, it, it has to help, and from from our perspective, from a kind of uh, you know we're all kind of you know unashamedly rooting for Luca Luca to succeed in the NBA. You know, everyone I talk to think, yeah, that that would be a cool place for him to land with Vlade and Pedro in the front office, with uh, with Bogdan, uh, and also with De'Aaron Fox. Um, you know, again, with that kind of multiple play, playmaker kind of lineup, um, I think you could do a lot with those three guys as your as your kind of foundation pieces. So, you know, we're kind of, I mean, I personally, you know, Phoenix, he gets his national team coach, Sacramento, he gets the, the European link and the you know the, the good lineups going to so. You know, I think the question marks for us start at three with Atlanta, but certainly Phoenix or Sacramento, I think, from a European perspective, would be 
everyone everyone would be kind of smiling on draft night. I think if he goes to to you guys, you touched on it for a minute. Bogdanovich was uh, was really good last season for the Kings. I mean, I we all sort of expected him to be a good player, but he it's up for debate. But I would say he was the Kings' best player last season. Now the Kings were not a very good team, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not uh, putting too much praise on him. But he made the All Rookie Second Team, which is uh, yep. which is no small yep. feat. So if if Luca is anything like Bogdanovich, then I think uh, Kings fans would be on board with that with that pick. Yeah, I mean, just on Bogdanovich, like I think for me, he took a giant leap. Uh, not this season, just gone, obviously, but his last season uh, with Fenerbahce, he kind of struggled with injuries. He was, um, yeah, he was, he was. I thought he was always going to succeed in the NBA, but he came back from injury at the tail end of that regular season, and man, just like started, just he got his mojo going. He got the little. You may have seen the gifts over the summer of like the little head bob he did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, after making those threes, they came in as underdogs in their playoff series against Panathinaikos into one of the most, probably the, you know, perhaps the most intense um, home court atmosphere in world basketball at the Panathinaikos Arena. And man, they, they, swept, they swept that series. They won two in Athens and he killed, he killed them. Um, he just, just, just pull up threes. Um, but he had his mojo going. He had that head bob. And man, it was like, Okay, like I've grown up now. It's time to go. It's time to take take my game over to the states. And so, yeah, man. I mean, it's worth saying that Luca has already achieved, um, you know, more than Bogdan um, at, at a much much younger age. So, uh, as, as if 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 you're kind of looking at prospects on a curve, then you know, if you got these two guys together, I think you're going to enjoy them. Going back to Doncic's game for a second, this is a I guess I would say a depressing question, but. What separates him from some of the other EuroLeague stars that didn't quite pan out in the NBA? Because in some corners of the internet, you'll still find people that say like, all right, the Kings finally have a top two pick. Now, we don't want to draft like the next Jan Vesely here. And it's a very unfair comparison, number one, because each player is different. And Doncic, like we already talked about his accomplishments. But as far as like on court, what separates Doncic from the less successful EuroLeague stars? I mean, I think for me, just just the fact that like a lot of those guys like to take Vesely as an example, like Vesely was a really, really raw, um, actually kind of played like a small forward for, for Partizan Belgrade. Um, and, and he had had some EuroLeague experience, but again, he just was nowhere near as accomplished and had played nowhere near the level of, of, of basketball that, that, that Luca has. Um, you know, you, you go about the guy, obviously Darko Milicic is, is kind of like, you know, the punchline for everything. Right. He barely, he barely played in Europe. He was nothing in Europe. He was a prospect. Um, you know, until he 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 pops up on 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 draft boards, and and obviously we all know what happened there. Um, Luca has just done so much more, even even compared to a guy like Dario Saric, who was a similar. I mean, Dario is one of the most incredibly um, exciting sixteen-year-olds. I was in Istanbul in 2012 watching Dario Saric just like play point guard for his youth team in the for his under-18 team in the every EuroLeague Final Four has an under-18 tournament. I watched him just like run up and down the floor, dunking on everyone. Um, running point, running the break, grab and go. Um, I saw similar things with Nik- Nikola Mirotic. Um, neither of those guys, um, you know, Dario has obviously had had a little bit of a better career so far than Mirotic. Neither of those guys had accomplished what Doncic has done at the same age. Um, they were they were less further along their development than than Luca, and I think that's almost penalized. Luca's almost been penalized for that in a way because I think he's so far ahead for a 19 year old that people have kind of assumed that maybe there's nowhere else to go. And I don't, I don't know a hundred percent that that isn't true. Um, but I'm willing to bet that it is that, that, that it's not, sorry. I'm willing to bet that he's got so much more, so much further to go once he gets his body sorted, once he like improves his jump shot, which to go back to Bogdanovich, you know, that was a, that was a, 
that that was a a, a qualitative improvement and a, a production improvement in Bogdanovich's jump shot over the past you know two three four years. He really really got his release quicker. Um, could get that shot off over guys, could pull up off the dribble, and that that just opened up so much more in his game. So there's room for Doncic to improve, but he just just at 19, um, at mo- basically any of those guys who come over from Euroleague to to the NBA, even a guy like you know Nikola Jokic who is um, you know tearing up the league, um, impressing everybody with his feel for his game, with his passing. You know he was he played on you know he he, had, he hadn't even played in the Euroleague. He played in the Adriatic League, which is obviously a, a, like a much lower level. Um, so he kind of like skipped the, the elite level of Euro basketball and went straight to the NBA. So like, I kind of get I get the point about these guys. Um, by the way, Vesely is now like a rim running five, which seems to be like um, what he always should have been. And you know maybe if he was played in the right position, um, you know from an early stage, he he might have he might have made it. Um, so yeah, I, I think in 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 a nutshell, Luca is already um, achieve more than those guys in Europe. So it, that makes it tough to tough to compare him to anyone because we don't really have like, uh, a, a comparable European player at, at this stage of his career. It's, he really is one of a kind outside of the skill set, which we already talked about. Um, and we did mention that it is kind of nitpick season here in the NBA world where like there's four teams left, all the other teams are focused on the draft. And because of that, all the fans of those teams are just agonizing over these prospects and nitpicking at anything they can find. So I wanted to ask you, outside of Doncic's skill set, you know, we talked about Bogdanovich and kind of the swagger that he has. What's Doncic like, I guess, kind of from a personal perspective? Like, what's his demeanor on the court? Do his teammates like him? Is he coachable? Uh, Those sort of weird talking points we get to after everyone is sort of sick and tired of talking about basketball skills and talent. Kind of talk me through everything else. Um, I mean, as a person, it's it's really tough to say because, as I said, you know, as 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 he's been a teenager, like Madrid have really really kept a tight lid on on his media access. Um, I mean, on the court, he he's intense, man. Like he's not afraid to 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 kind of, and I don't even mean this in a bad way necessarily. You know, if he if 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 he makes a great pass and, and a teammate like a 26, 27, 28 year old NBA veteran teammate doesn't make the cut. You know he's he's going to let them know, um, and some people have said this is like a you know a sign of petulance, but he's 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 in such a position of responsibility on the court that he's not shy of letting his teammates know um, you know what he wants them to do. He's he's already kind of become a leader. Um, he has had like and I, again like the, there's a little bit of an element of truth in some of the criticism. He's had some immature moments this season. Um, he got tossed from a game mid-season from a Euroleague game, basically just like like uh, mouthing off at the refs. He kind of stormed down the tunnel, kicked a few things on the on the way out, that kind of thing. I mean, occasionally you get this reminder that he's a teenager, right? Um, and you know, I, again, I I I don't want to be like you know the Euro guy who comes on the NBA podcast and only says good things about the European player. Like he he has had immature moments, um, but I, I think you know you have to see that in the context of of of, of his age. Um, but I mean, certainly like. As as a guy, is he going to make his teammates better um, by his demeanor on the floor? I mean, like Madrid's just won the Euroleague championship, and and he was a major part of that. You know, his teammates seem to like him. Um, there's never, not to my knowledge, has there ever been any kind of like bad teammate vibe. You know, I, I think there's there's going to be a lot of scuttlebutt uh, coming out around the draft um, from God knows who, who, you know, God knows where anonymous sources that kind of thing. Um, certainly, you know, he seems like a good teammate. Um, he definitely gets his teammates involved. He he is like, d- despite the fact he he can get a tiny bit ball hog, uh, a bit ball happy. Um, you know he's 
he, he's a guy I think who who would be who would be good to play with. Um, he certainly seems to have a good relationship with his teammates. They all seem to like him. Um, you know, we we talked to a lot of his his teammates in the aftermath of the the semi-final victory and the finals victory, just to you know in Belgrade, just to say like, what's it like playing playing for him? And they they kind of just all had this like look on their face, like I mean, and this is this is probably not going to go too well over on a podcast, but they kind of had this look on their face, which is like, man, the things he can do. You know, I think I think. Uh, yeah. You know, he's got he's got veteran guys who've played who played in the NBA or basically could play in the NBA. Um, kind of just like almost lost for words at, 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 at the things he could do on the court. So yeah, I, I, I again I'm I'm kind of repeating myself now. There's been immature moments, but I don't think there's kind of any kind of character issues that immediately you know uh, jump to mind. Watching the Final Four and seeing you know YouTube highlights, which is all we kind of get around here. Uh, sure, he's got that kind of fire that some people can can maybe you know claim as some immaturity or or whatever but from the king's perspective just knowing what they need this is a team that desperately needs that kind of like i'm not saying that Doncic is an asshole but they kind they kind because i wouldn't say that about him but they they need players who are not afraid to like you said yell at a teammate if they mess up the kings are too nice and their coach said it last year multiple times they need to kind of get tougher uh, I think he said that, you know, uh, Dave Yeager, King's head coach, called the team soft multiple times last season. And they need a kind of player like Doncic who's not afraid to kind of be a leader. Because the NBA is tough, man. Night in, night out, you're playing the best players in the world. And if you're going to play soft and play passive and, and and not, you know, make sure your teammates are doing what they're supposed to do, you're going to lose a lot of games, which is what the Kings have been doing for a decade plus now. So hearing what you said about Doncic on the court and even even the maturity, like whatever, I mean, you know, we... We went through Demarcus Cousins. Is you know you're not going to find. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like that. if that's your threshold, if that's your threshold, Dad, I think he's going to be a good character guy. Yeah, uh, and yeah, like he's definitely. I mean, to me, he's not going to be that soft Euro. You know, he's not going to be timid. You know, he's he's used to playing in high pressure situations. Um, that you know, there's nothing more high pressure than the Euroleague Final Four. You know, an entire 30 game regular season and playoffs um, comes down to a single elimination, uh, two single elimination games. You know, um, it's basically kill or be killed. And, you know, he succeeded in that environment. Um, and I think it's it's like speaks to his character um, that he failed at this last year. You know, Real Madrid was in the final four last season, um, got killed by by Bogdan Bogdanovich's uh, Fenerbahce team. Um, Luca was actually held scoreless throughout the throughout the weekend, even the third place game. Um, and, and, you know, to come back on this stage with so much more attention on him. Um, and, and, and be able to succeed, I think, uh, I think speaks, to his, speaks to his character and speaks to his toughness. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't actually consider that because there was a, there was a lot of pressure on him coming into the Final Four here because he knew you know, Robert Sarver was, was front row and other scouts are watching, and this is really his draft. Like You already touched on it earlier in the podcast by saying that you think he's going to come out uh, this year, and I think he is too because you, know, you have to kind of strike when you can. Teams will cool on you if you wait too long. We've seen that, like I know Miles Bridges uh, out of Michigan State is going through that right now where he should have come out last year. He played in the year in college and, you know, he would have been a top five pick last year. And now he's looking at like, you know, between the 10, 12 range. So you got to kind of come out when it's your turn. So the, the NBA world is watching him play. I mean, I tuned in for the games. And like you said, he came out with a, uh, with a championship. So you can't, can't ask for too much more than that. Yeah, definitely, and I think you know. The, I think um, you know this. This probably speaks to his uh, his toughness as well. Is like he is not afraid to to go up against seven footers and get rebounds, and and he's kind of physical enough to do that. So you know, even when um, you know, even when his shot hasn't been falling, um, you know, as it, as it kind of hasn't been, you know, on and off for, for a good couple of months now, 
um, you know, he can kind of he can he can affect the game in different ways. You know, he can do that. He can get tip outs. Um, he can body up guys. He can switch. So, you know, I think that 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 was something that he basically has added to his game um, um, this season, and definitely was 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 in effect in the final four. Awesome. That's gonna do it for all my questions. Did you have anything? Any parting thoughts? Anything I missed? Anything that we should know if uh, if Luca is the guy on draft night for the Kings? Um, I think I think we've gone pretty we've got, we've gone pretty deep on him. Um, I I just think that it's it's uh, like I said before we came on. I'm I I do love the college game, but I just haven't had time to follow it this season. So um, I don't know uh, if if DeAndre Ayton is a better prospect than, than Luka Doncic. Um, I don't know if if Bagley is. You know, I I can't really speak to where he should get drafted against those guys. But you know, the, the guys ahead of him in the draft are, are big men, and I was just listening to the uh, to the Bill Simmons and Zach Lowe podcast recently, talking about how Boston should maybe play five wings in the playoffs. You know, maybe put one of their wings at five. Um, you know, the, the you know the big guys have kind of got played off the floor a little bit in the playoffs to to, to, to a greater or lesser extent. Um, so that I think is something that I'd be thinking about if I was in charge of one of these teams. It's like like, like we said at the start of the podcast. You know, he's a he's a he's a multiple position playmaker um i think the way that nba is going the way that basketball is going um certainly the way it's been going in your league over the past you know probably you know from my point of view a little bit longer than in the nba um you, you just can't have enough of these guys and you know is he going to be a, an all-time great it's too early to say um to me he's he, to me i i can't see how he doesn't end up an all-star he's just he's just too good um he has too much of a feel for the game he, he has too much talent he has too much skill um, too much passing ability to, to be a bat, you know, to be anything but an above average NBA player. You know, that all-star level seems to me, you know, to be his floor. Um, whether he has the highest ceiling of anybody in the draft, I don't know. But man, if if if, if you guys in Sacramento end up with him, um, I, I would just be amazed if he doesn't pan out in one way or the other. All right, Rob, I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. Hopefully we'll have a reason to talk again. Hopefully they take Luka Doncic and we can kind of recap his first season or something at the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Uh, I appreciate, uh, appreciate coming on, and uh, ho- you know, hopefully, your listeners uh, learned something about uh, you know a guy who's uh, who's definitely not going away anytime soon. All right, thanks, Rob. Have a good day. All right, thanks, man. Bye. I'm ready to make my credits count. I'm ready to take classes from a university that will help me build on my experience to prepare me for the future. A university that will make me feel supported, encouraged, and connected. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. I'm ready to make my credits count. I'm ready to take classes from a university that will help me build on my experience to prepare me for the future. A university that will make me feel supported, encouraged, and connected. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today.